Hey everybody, welcome back. It's Barbara Gian at barbaragian.com and I hope you guys are all doing amazing. If you're new, I am so happy that you are here. Thanks for being here. If you are one of my OGs, welcome back. I always am just so happy to be here with you guys. Today I am sharing my friend Mikkel Renee with all of you and you're gonna love her. I was cracking up uh, just listening back to our conversation because she's so high energy and witty and she's just fun. She's just fun to talk to, but she also has a, uh, a really powerful testimony and story that she's going to share with you. So we'll get to that in just a minute. First, I do want to say thank you to our sponsor. This show is brought to you by the Always Faithful Devotional and Prayer Journal. It's a 52 weekly devotional. Inside, you'll find journal pages that you can interact with daily if you choose to. There is a weekly devotional, key scripture, journaling pages to write down your thoughts, prayers, gratitude, and daily declarations. And I give you over 50 declarations to pull from to make it real easy. So you're going to love it. It makes a really amazing gift. And I've been hearing a lot of people sharing with me lately how they have bought it for multiple people as gifts. And I'm just so beyond excited to hear that and see all the shares on Instagram, because that's pretty much the only place I hang out these days. But it is in the show notes. It is on Amazon. There is one for men as well. Same title. And as always, the links are in the show notes. Not sure if I am repeating myself, but there you go. All right. We have a juicy conversation just up ahead. Mikkel is going to talk to us about several things. She is going to share with us her story of growing up in the faith and then falling away from that for several years and getting into all of the destruction and pain that happened during that time and then bringing us back to how she returned to her faith and is there today and now guiding and leading others uh, to live a faith-filled life life and purposeful life. She talks to us about what it's like to be single and uh, stay in hope and faith while she waits for that right person that God is going to bring her. And she talks to us about following God's voice. She's in a career that she feels she is slowly being led out of, which I can definitely relate to, and some of you can as well. And uh, and she just she's going to wrap it all together, and it's it's a good one. So without further ado, here's my conversation with my friend, Mikkel Renee. I am so excited to have you here, Mikkel. Thank you for being here. You know, I was not going to miss this. Anytime I ask you to come, you come. So, you know, I have to be on call. Well, since I was on your show first, and that was already a few months ago, I think, yeah. I, and I shared our story, I'm doing air quotes, but we have a story and I want to give you the mic for this one. I want you to tell the listeners our story. Okay. Where should I start? Where should start I start? at the beginning. Let's okay. start at the beginning. So I posted a job because I was needing, I honestly don't know what I was looking for. I was writing. Yeah, yeah. But I also like needed more than that. But I was like, as long as I have something up, at least I can make a connection with a person with the mind, you know, uh, that can help me write and be creative and, and all the things. So I, I put up a post for writing my blog content and stuff for her promise circle. And I had probably 10 submissions. And then I literally threw it in the back of my mind, back burner. You know, I just have this list. But then I had gone through again and saw your name and went to your website. And I was like, hmm, 
okay. I don't know why. Drawn, you know, whatever happens. And then I listened to the podcast that was on your website and I was like, wow, this sounds very much aligned with what I'm doing. And I was just so, I was in admiration, honestly. It was just awesome. I was like, okay, all right, Lord, I'm gonna reach out to this person. And so I think we exchanged a few messages, but then like, it was just like, I don't know. I don't even know what happened. But then, oh God, what, how did, how did we like reconvene? Uh, Okay. When we did connect through the job posting, yes, I felt the same way. I checked you out and I was blown away because at that time I was just starting my life coaching. Yes. yes, And so, but I just started the writing, but I was building my life coaching. Yes. And so when I went to your website, I was blown away and, and so impressed by how you had everything so beautifully put together. I've actually shared it with a friend recently who wants to start maybe a similar type of platform. And I gave her your website and your oh. your company's name as a, a reference because it's, yeah. it's so beautifully Thank put you. together. And so from there, I started following you on Instagram. Yeah. yeah Instagram. Then we connected on social media. Yes. Right. Yes. And I noticed where you lived and I made a trip to your hood. (laughs) It was November. Yes. Yes. It was colder. It was like a weird month. Cold is an understatement. It was freezing, (laughs) right? Yes. And then you happened to either send me an email, I believe. Yeah, because I'd gone back through and I was revisiting the idea of having a blog writer. And then I was like, oh, this is the only person I was interested in. So let me reach out to them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no. Yeah. I reached out and you were like, oh, that's funny. I'm actually in Atlanta, right? Yes. And I thought about you. (laughs) Yeah. And I had been already thinking about it. And you were like, oh, by the way, I also was thinking about you. And I'm like, what? How? It was crazy. crazy. Really, the timing for you to reach out when I had just got there, like the day before, and I was thinking about you and reaching out to you if the schedules aligned. And so, like I said a few minutes ago, it was freezing, right? And we talked about meeting up and getting together in person. And then at the last minute, you you were like, "How do you feel about?" Yeah, dude, very much alike, which I appreciate because I a hundred percent am choosing my bed and coffee talk over. Yes, going yes. out. <laughs> so I was like, "Yes, thank God, she's me not too." Yeah, I was like, "My girl." So we- yeah, exactly. We're like, wow, same, same mindset. That's perfect. Totally, totally. So we FaceTimed and we had that. We were so close. We were so close, but so far. But it, yeah. was, it was so amazing. And something, did something else come from that? I definitely want to talk all about your business and how you're growing it. And I want to find out the latest in a little bit. Oh, here's what it is. During the conversation, something came up. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it had to do with your faith walk. Yeah. And I don't know the exact comment that you made, but you pretty much referenced the fact that it hasn't always been this way. Oh, no. Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Okay. All right. <laughs> Glad I heard you, right? Yeah. Yeah, but loud and clear. <laughs> I want to start there. I want to know okay. what your faith story is. I want to sure. get the nitty gritty, Nikki. Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, you asked for it, raw and real. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm actually a PK in like, sort of the weird sense of the word because my grandmother was a pastor. So I was like a, a grand PK. Let's Wait, let's... I got to ask, what is a PK? 
Oh, preacher's kid. Oh, see, I, I've heard that term a lot and I, I'm always wondering what is PK? Yeah, yeah, preacher's kid. So it's like, it's like a whole niche in itself because it's a whole life of, you know, I mean, being a PK is just, it hits totally different. <laughs> and so I like gave my life to God before I could like talk basically. <laughs> like I've just always been saved. Like my nana used to just, I remember my earliest memories are like, yeah, she gave her life to Christ the other day. Like as early as I can remember, I'm like, oh, did I, you know, like, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm a Christian, you know, like whatever. I'm like four years old. I was like the little kid that was like praising God, like in church, all the people knew me. Like I'm like the one in the church plays, you know, singing the songs. And we actually had gone to another church for, for a while. So like, I never missed the Sunday. My, my mom and my nana raised me. So I never met my father. So it was just I, my two parent unit was my grandmother and my mother. So my mother was about to be ordained and my grandmother was herself a pastor. And so we would go to this church, all the church events, you know, I wasn't allowed to watch Harry Potter you know, the whole lifestyle, like just living as a PK. So like my whole life was very sheltered. I wasn't allowed to sleep at everyone's house. I remember my grandma having prayer meetings all the time. And my friends were like, can we come over? And my mom's like, well, they can come if they'll go to church, you know, that type of thing. So it's like, yeah, so I was like, all right. I mean, it's just a whole different way of life. And so it wasn't like Mormon-esque, you know, I was still normal. I was still in like dance. Like my mom had me and everything. I was in chorus and dance and I taught dance when I was like 13 because I had been dancing for so long and I was a performance kid. I went to performance school for a little while and I played the piano, which I hated. And so my life was very disciplined and I had like a full schedule, which is probably why how you say you like, like to have your hand in things. That's me. It's probably why I love to have a full schedule because like, that's how I grew up anyways. So I was about, I would say, 16, and the rebel started coming out in me. I'm like, I'm not playing piano anymore. You want me to play piano. And like, just little by little, I stopped doing the things that I was so raised in. And I took that attitude out on going to church because at, at some point in my teenhood, I was like, I feel like I'm being made to go to church. You know, and then I remember having conversations with God, like young, like, Lord, I see people crying when they worship you. And I see people literally like they love you, you know, and I'm like, but I don't feel like I can have that appreciation for you. And I'm telling you, I had this thought when I was like 15, 16, but I was like, I don't feel like I can have that appreciation for you because I haven't been through anything. Wow. I remember saying that. I was just like, I've never even been through anything. So I don't even know what it's like for you to save me. I've been thought for somebody that like, let's be real. (laughs) Like a far cry from the rest of my family, I will say. We were the only ones who were like not in low-key poverty. And so I to me, I probably looked like I was living like a queen, but we were really like lower middle class. But I was never wanting for anything, you know. Um, and so when I was like 17, my grandma got diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And then I was like, well, you know, God's going to heal her. So <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's like, all right, you got cancer. Cool. I'm going to see you later, Graham. And then towards the end, she got really sick and she saw me graduate high school And she was getting sicker. And I'm like, you know, it's fine. God's going to turn it around, whatever. And then like six months later, while I was away at college, that January after my freshman year, that January of my freshman year, she she died. I got the call that she passed. 
And I hadn't gone to see her or anything because I'm like, God's going to heal her. Yeah. Really? Like, I was not worried. I, I can't even tell you how I minimized it so much. She was in so much pain and stuff. But I'm like, you know, that's the life. You know, we suffer and God heals and whatever. And he didn't heal her. And from there, I was like, yeah. To see a woman wake up at 5 a.m. every morning and worship in pain, start a church on her own, help so many homeless people and feed children and bake it, even in her pain in her last few days, like she was a Christian thoroughly. She loved the Lord with her whole heart. Even if you didn't know God, you could see God in her to me. And if you could just let someone like that just suffer and die, you know, that's really how I looked at it. It was like, do I even, why am I doing this? Like, what is this, what is this, what is this faith thing even about? Like, that's not how this is supposed to work. And so I was mad at God for a solid decade, <laughs> like a whole decade. I would pray in the morning and at night, but that's the extent of my relationship with God. It's like, I knew he was God, but it was just like, what's the point of being a devout Christian? Yeah. What's the point? I, I don't see what it gets you death like you know it's just like whatever so if you treat other people that aren't doing that better than people like that like this was literally my mindset and and obviously this is in retrospect when I went away to college it was just like yeah I'm doing my own thing first of all I was sheltered as a kid so I went away and was like you know living my life you know oh, yeah. <laughs> living the life okay and I wasn't allowed to go anywhere you know having no parents not having to go to church on Sundays I could go to brunch you know it's like I was living my life and so 10 years go by before I know it and I was living with this life that I just was like yeah I'm good God <laughs> so you can imagine I mean it was full of heartbreak and and abuse and trauma and whatever else I had gotten myself into and finally, I had the really bad breakup when I was about 29. And I remember being on my bathroom floor, literally in agonizing, like guttural pain. That's how bad it was because I had made this person my God. You know, I'd been searching for God in other things heavily for 10 years. It's like I knew I needed something, but I didn't want it to be God. I didn't want it to be. So I was mad at him. And so in that moment, I was literally like, I know it's you I'm looking for. Like, I, I know it is. Like, I, I, I already know. It's undeniable when it happens. It's undeniable. It's like, I know it's you. I know it is. And so I'm like, so if you could just take this pain away, here I am. I'm here. What do you, what's up? Just talk to me. And from then on, it was like, Every Bible study I had been through, every church service I had been through, all that knowledge came back to me. Like, wow. yeah, I, had, I didn't even have a Bible, Barb. I had to go buy a Bible. Okay. I went like four days after that and bought a nice Bible and it's all marked up and highlighted from that time. But I went on a three month fast of worldly music. I didn't watch TV. All I did was binge sermons and read my Bible because I had to purge. I had to literally purge and I, I, it was not hard. I was just crying out to God and like wanted all of it. Go, like I was just heal me and, and bring me back. I, I don't know. I don't even know where I need to go. Just, I know I need you. And so I sought his face, like with everything I had, I didn't talk to anyone. I just went to work, you know, came home, read sermons. Didn't like, I just had to purge. That's how it felt. And then I'm sorry, this story is very long, but <laughs> 
I, <laughs> so I, yeah. And now we're here in, in 2023. <laughs> That's cliff notes, believe it or not. Wow. Sorry, but yeah. And um, you say when you decided to purge that it was easy for you? Like it wasn't a battle that you had to fight to do it. Just oh no. Okay, so let me say this. So let me say it this way. I was exhausted and I was crying every day because yes, I was still healing from a heartbreak, but that was the first time I felt like he was like he eased the pain of heartbreak, but I had to still get rid of a lot of my appetites and poor habits and all that. That's hard in itself, but my mission, my goal was to know him. And so that made it easy because I'm like, whatever, whatever I got to give up here, just please be with me. Like just, I need your presence. Type you know what? And, and that's what makes it all possible because you open that door, you extend that invite and that's all he ever wants. All right? he wants. Any of us, as soon as you do that, he makes the way. It is that simple for him. It's nothing to him. As soon yeah. as you open to that, it's yeah. done, right? And he gives you the daily strength. Even through your pain, you can still find that strength and comfort and source of everything you need in that moment to get to the next moment. Yeah. I, I That's didn't. amazing. <laughs> I didn't. I was like, I'm good. If it could be anything else, if it could be a man, some sex, some alcohol, whatever it is I need, I'm going to go for that. Yeah. And that's what I did for years, you know? And then finally it was like, yeah, all right. I already know. Like, it's just like, I already knew. I knew in that moment, like, all right, you got to do something or this is going to be your whole life. The hood rat hoochie days are over. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, I'm curious to know during that span, that decade that you were kind of distant from God. Yeah. Did your mom play a role in trying to kind of reel you back in or what was the relationship? No, not at all. Her relationship with God also suffered, I think, from that. So like, not only did I stop, I mean, I was away from home. So at this point, so it wouldn't have mattered, you know, but she would go to church here and there. But I mean, we talk about it to this day that that like shook us because we were believing so heavily. Obviously she never stopped believing, but right before my grandma died, she was going to ordain my mom to take over her ministry. And that never happened. And so my mom was like, now this is in retrospect, obviously. My mom talks about how, you know, that's she regrets not fully doing that because we were shaken, you know, and I don't know that she had the the confidence or whatever it was to just like be like, all right, let's go, let's do it. You know, we were just hurting mm-hmm. yeah. in that time. And so I think we got like lost in that. Plus the year I graduated or the year I went away to college, instead of getting a puppy, my mom adopted my little brother. So she, <laughs> she became a, a second mom and started over. Like he was a newborn. Like, oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. So she just like started over. So, um, that became her ministry, you know, motherhood because she, she actually could, she couldn't have kids. So I'm actually adopted as well. So like, she's like a mother, like that's her thing. That's her gift. I've always told her that. But yeah, I think that really shook both of us in different ways, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You guys didn't see it coming. And I, I want to go back also to when you talked about that unwavering faith where you're like, oh no, she's good. Like that's how strong your faith and trust in God was at that time, which is so good. Like I like to do that or be that way right now with different situations. I like to have that level of confidence where I'm like, I just trust God a hundred percent no matter what. 
But then there's also a fine line, right? Where we also have to, it, it, it gets really tricky because you don't want to give in to doubt, but you want to acknowledge that ultimately only God really knows what's, what's ahead and right. how he wants things or how things will play out. Yeah. And you have to make a peace with his will and his way, but you also want to hold on to that unwavering faith and belief and trust in him. So depending on the situation, it can get tricky. It has happened for me many times, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So this is perfect. You're an example of what says in the Bible, like raise your kids up and they will. In the way they should always say that. Yeah. It's literally true. It's a circle for you. (laughs) Walking, living proof of that. Now, Um, I I don't know if you already mentioned this. Are you from Atlanta or you're new? I think you said you just moved there. Oh, yeah. I've been here four years now. But yeah, I I moved away. This was actually before I recommitted my life to God or anything. I just had an urgency. One day I literally woke up and was like, I'm moving to Atlanta. And so I restudied for my boards because I had to become an RRT. If you want to ever advance in the field, you have to have your registered respiratory therapist license. So I redid the boards. I did that so I could do take a traveling job so I could save up enough to actually relocate. And I just hopped in my car and went to my travel job. Like once I got all that. Oh together. my gosh. Yeah. I took my lamp and some blankets. <laughs> yeah. My mom's like, all right, see you later. My mom's always been like, you know, you could do anything. Like, yeah. So like all right, see ya. yeah. My mom's like, all right, see you later. That's the Be best. Careful, kid. <laughs> so, and that's the career that you're in now. Yes, I am an RT by trade, trying not to do it as much, obviously, because my passion lies with her promise circle. But uh, yeah, we're still here. And how long have you been doing that? Eight years now. Eight years? Yeah, girl. I've been graduated from college since 2015. Oh my God. So since then, time is flying here. Let's talk about your, your work culture then. Like, have you ever felt that that is some form of a ministry for you too, in some sense? Only in retrospect. It's very hard um, because I'm an RT, so we're on the front lines. Working through a pandemic will definitely do something to a person. Mm. Um, This is why I feel the transition happens for a lot of people in critical care bedside, even nurses, because it becomes, the older you get and the more aware you become, it's harder to watch people past because yes it's like you know I work at a hospital okay but it's like you tell people like yeah do people die there people ask that question it's like yes <laughs> like what do you mean like it's where people go to die basically and especially being an RT I run the life support so that's really I, I pull the plug and everything oh you know? my goodness so that's my job <laughs> that's my job And so, like I said, working through a pandemic, it it becomes emotionally taxing because it's like, oh, so you see dead people. Yes. But also you're there when we're telling the family, hey, we've done all we can do, you know, start saying your goodbyes. Do you want to let them go? What do you want to do? We're there for that. We're there when the family comes in to be there when the plug is pulled. You're there to see the reaction if they come into the ED. So say it's an emergency situation, they don't have time to prepare. You know, so they come in and see their loved one in distress and they're dropping to the floor. They're, you know, screaming, you know, the guttural mom scream. We all can hear that because you've heard it before if you're in this field. And it's like in the pandemic, usually on a regular span, you can go a week without seeing any death. Like it's possible. But in the pandemic, it was like four or five cases a day. 
passing. And I became numb because it became part of my job. Mm. And I didn't like that because I'm a very empathetic person just naturally. And it became just a job. And I did not like how numb I was becoming to what was happening around me. Yeah. One of my guests not too long ago was a former ER nurse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The same story that you just described right now. And we talked about how as a form of protection, you guys on the front lines and in in certain fields, you have to build up a a protective barrier for your sake. Because how do you sleep at night? How do you function and, and take care of your families and take care of yourself and like maintain some just stability with your with your mind, your mindset and your emotions. There's just so much that you guys are exposed to and you have to protect yourself. Yeah. And she told a little story about how one incident really not, well, I guess opened her eyes, but just kind of made her feel really bad. But it was somebody was really, really sick in the ICU and the nurses out in the station were laughing about whatever it was. And they, the, the patient made a comment that, yeah, she was in, you know, so much dire pain and, and they're just out there laughing and yeah, we're and it's like, true. yeah, like you're, you're human. You're just, it has nothing to do with the pain and that's going on next to you. It's, it's just you doing your very best to remain a human, right? Yes. Yes. It's well, very fulfilled. Always in my prayers, people that are in your field and others that are just exposed to so much. And like, how do you take care of yourself? I mean, you have your faith. That's, that's the foundation, but do you do anything else to get support? So I, this is literally how her promise circle came about <laughs> It was out of the pandemic and my burnout from it, because I realized not just people who do healthcare get burned out, but women in general who have this ambitious type of spirit about them, we hustle, 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 and then we turn off certain parts of ourselves, we compartmentalize, and then self-care and taking care of yourself becomes like not a necessity. It becomes like a luxury. And so it's like, it's optional, you know, whether we take care of ourselves or not. We, we are putting everyone ahead of us and we're just working and working and working. And so that's why that's my target audience. Those are my people. Because that's me. And so in starting it, I realized I was still hustling in the beginning of starting it. And I'm like, yo, if I'm going to like be teaching people and helping people do this, I have to actually live it. And so in recent years, I, I schedule self-care days now. Once a week, I always take hot baths at night. I always have my morning dates with God, which is just like I wake up an hour earlier just to kind of like lay here and read some articles or play some worship music, whatever. Just, I have to start my day that way because I need fuel for the day. And then, you know, I always include a hot bath. Like I said, when I can, at the end of the day, working out is self-care to me as well. Um, I go to the spa like twice a month. I have a membership at a spa. So I get a massage once a month, like stuff like that. I really have to, or I will go crazy. Yeah. Those things are, they're, they're small, but so big. Yeah. I have a mentor and a therapist, so <laughs> that also helps having those- a lot. Yeah, girl, I, I have to have support. Like yeah. I have to. Yeah. Yeah. So important. Okay. Let's talk about your book. So tell me, tell me what the title is, what the status is. Cause the last time I talked to you, it wasn't published yet. I don't know if nope. it is now. No, ma'am. Oh no, not yet. It's me. It's my fault. It's called Get Ready. And I'm actually, it's, 
I'm going to, this is confirmation. I need to just go ahead and drop it because yeah. I had someone edit it and everything and I've looked at it and everything and it's, it's ready. It's just, I, I don't know. You know, you know, you just you just got to do it. You got to just do it. Like rip the bandaid, right? The synopsis that I read was just like, you can't keep that from people. You need to push that out. I'm so glad to hear you say that because it's just it's like you write something and you're like, who would ever care what I have to say? I actually do know that now. But no, you you definitely need to get that out. Okay, what is it about? Okay, so in my singleness, I have had to learn to enjoy the wait and the reason God makes us wait. And if I want to do it God's way, the things that have to change within me, the habits I have to form, I I see so clearly now how God is preparing me for what I'm asking for. And so not until I actually got closer to him did I realize like I actually do want to get married because in my head back in the day I was like rich single auntie like living that lifestyle like I was totally fine with just like hustling until I was like up there you know have a house and everything everyone can come visit I'll take care of your kids when they come see me and bye um but like as God softened my heart I was like oh I actually do want marriage oh I actually would like to have a family one day and in that he's like all right well we've got some work to do and so I wrote the book out of the lessons that he's taught me in order to prepare me because think about it. I didn't grow up seeing that. I didn't see any healthy relationships. I didn't have a father. I've never had truly a a healthy relationship with a male in general in my life. And so he's like, I know you want this thing, but like, you're not going to just expect me to airdrop a man. And then you're just going to have a healthy relationship. Like there's things I've got to heal in you. You have to find contentment in me. I need you not to have a relationship idle. I need you not to be replacing this man, replacing me with this man when he does come. I need you to learn what healthy love is. I need to teach you what love is in general. There's a lot. It's a have to learn in order to have that. And so the it, the book starts with God getting me in that place. And then it's kind of categorized by lessons. And then I end each one by prayer to help a woman understand and soften her heart towards that subject. Because it's a big subject for so many people. <laughs> so <laughs> many people. Yeah. So here we are. Okay. So on a personal level, you have peace with being single because you know that God is just, it's his timing and he's working things in you. Every day I have to find that peace. Yeah, You say it like, oh, I'm glad you have peace now. It's like, yeah, some days are easier than others. I I had that idea. Like (laughs) it has to be something that you constantly have to work at. Constant, constant. Some of the ways that I would say that I've learned to enjoy it is God gave me this revelation or told me or deposited an idea in my spirit, however you want to say it, of one day to start this notebook, like a journal to my husband, just kind of talking to him about like the day and like prayers to him, just kind of just like, all right, just waiting, you know, and it it is kind of a good journal thing. Cause then I also discover things about myself and what I want out of my future relationship. And so then that helps me to create a template for what I'm looking for. Right. 
Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I want to give it to him on our wedding day because I'm sad. Oh, my gosh. Well, then you're clearly in preparation mode right now. Oh, 100%. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I, but I get the whole daily kind of like the daily struggle. It's like you want something, but you know it's just not the timing right now. And yeah. so you have to accept that and still yeah. and still walk in that hope each day. Hope, that's the anchor. That is the main thing. That's what keeps us going. Yeah. It keeps us filled. All right. Yeah. You have to get that out. Like ASAP. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Now I've seen her promise circle just like booming all of a sudden. And this is really like, this is how things scale. This is how you know when someone is really serious about what they're doing, you are bringing on a whole team. So catch us up. Okay. Yeah. So actually last time we spoke, I did not, I was doing all this by myself. I know the feeling. Yeah. And because her promise circle started out as Bible study and an Instagram page. I plan on just having Bible study once a week my, with my friends and posting some of the lessons on Instagram. That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted to do. And then people were wanting the study guides. Like I started writing study guides and I was like, all right, Lord, all right, study guide. So I would write a study guide so we could all follow along, you know, so we could all have something to reference. And so I'm like, okay, I need a place to put this. And so I'm like, okay, let me just start a website, you know, whatever. So it was just like, all right, Bible study. And here's the study guides, you know, cool. Call it a day. And then I just kept getting <laughs> download after download. We have an outreach team now. I was getting my coaching master certification. So I'm like, okay, so women's coaching. Got it. Okay, we'll add that. All right. And what else? Okay, I also am an entrepreneur. So I want to have like business coaching and business etiquette coaching, femininity coaching, that type of thing. Okay, cool. And then also I wanted to do like, oh, I started my website and my logo. So I'm going to offer those services like to help someone who else wants to start. And then it became this like, before I knew it, there was branches. And I'm like, all right. So first things first, I need an assistant. <laughs> so I got an assistant. It is Fristine is her name. She is amazing. She literally holds my life together. She creates my schedule and even gives me like meal prep recommendations every day. Like she literally. Oh, wow. Insane. Oh, yeah. Everything. Okay. Answers all my emails. I only talk directly to you because, you know, you're my girl. So I organize all this stuff normally and I'm just like, okay. But yeah, Instagram, she runs our page and everything because that becomes taxing. Being consistent is hard when you're also working the back end. Yeah. So when you're trying to be a face of something, like it's so hard to do all of that together. And so she kind of just keeps me together on that front. So then at a time, the Bible study was just me and like three people. And like, if they wouldn't come, then I would be like, all right, guys, we'll just do it next week, you know? And then after a time, I felt like God was like, mm-mm record this and they can watch it back if they Ooh. need it. And so I didn't do it right away. Let's, let's be realistic. I heard that a few times. And so one day I was like, all right, God. And so I recorded it talking to the screen by myself, you know, and started posting the replays. And then it was like, okay, I need you to tell people on TikTok you're doing this. And as soon as I did that, I had like hundred people sign up within like 
15 like I keep days. hearing like the power of TikTok. I don't have I don't have a TikTok, but oh my god. Oh, you have to get a TikTok. Barb, your content is perfect for TikTok. But yeah, like women just started signing up. So then I would I went from zero people to like 15 every every Thursday and whether they can come or not, you know, depending on who can come or not. It's always like 15 to 20 girls that come and are waiting for me to post the study guide and come. And so I'm like, "Okay, cool." So I had gotten closer to some of the women in Bible study because they were coming every week. And this is not just like a couple of days. This is over a span of like six months. And so I had been praying like, Lord, if you want this to grow, I'm exhausted. I literally can't do all this by myself. And he laid like three girls on my heart over time. And I asked each of them, and they agreed. And so now we have team meetings. I gave them names. I have a outreach coordinator. She actually does volunteer work for her. She does nonprofit organization work and has an MBA. So she also does like the business coaching end for me. I have a director of business development for women, which is my friend, Samantha. I met her at Woman Thou Art Loose, TD Jake's conference. Ooh. Yeah, she's that. I have a fitness director. So she does the fitness accountability coaching because, you know, we are wellness at the end of the day. So she does that type of stuff. And we also do our fitness blog and things if you have any fitness needs or want to be held accountable on your fitness journey. And then Lastly, I have my social media girly. She does social media coaching and helping girls build their platforms. And yeah, it just happened. And then once we started having the team meetings, they were like, I felt so connected to her promise circle from the time I came in. And when you asked me, it was just like confirmation because I wanted to do more, but I didn't know how I could help you. And they all had stories like that. Which, you know, I shouldn't be surprised at this point because like me and you, how we met and stuff, it's like, all right, you know, but I needed that confirmation. And so now that we have a team, I started doing memberships because I began offering meetups and events and retreats. And so all that just started May 1st. So now it's just kind of just on a, on an incline and Yeah. Yeah. What I love so much is that it's so comprehensive. I mean, you hit like every single thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Try to. Try to. (laughs) I mean, because there's so much, right? But no, you do. You you hit everything, and it's oh, I just love it. It's totally ordained. It's totally by by God's hand that this is all coming together the way it is in the timing that it has, and I just love it. So every time I see one of your new introductions for part of your team, I get so excited and. Yeah. Oh my God. I love what this is becoming. Okay. We're going to make sure that we put everything in the show notes for how people can get in touch with you. Tell us where you spend most of your time on social media or what platforms. Yes. So Instagram, my actual personal Instagram is Mikkel.Renee. Her Promise Circle has an Instagram and a website and it's herpromisecircle.com and herpromisecircle. And those are where we spend most of our time. Our TikTok is also her promise circle. So everything is just her promise circle. If you want to see me, because I also post as a, you know, I started doing speaking, Barb, keynote. Oh my goodness. Which is why I started posting on Instagram. Yeah, a lot has happened. I'm still kind of like kicking and screaming in that department, but God's not having it. So I, <laughs> I started posting those motivational videos as kind of like my prep. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. On my Instagram. So if you are into motivational content, I post it on my TikTok and on my personal 
account. So yeah, keynote speaking has been added to my, I'm actually going to send that to you after this. I want you to look at it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I have women's workshops I started doing too. Like, so in the workplace, if women want to have wellness workshops for their employees, I do that too now. Wow. So many opportunities for people to get blessed and covered and and yeah just have all their needs met in one place I love that yeah so that'll all be in there and then just for the listeners because before we started recording I had to ask you myself Mikkel it's M-I-C-H-A-L and then Renee okay yes and then again it'll be there for everybody so they can find you and connect with you okay this is super exciting for me I have never done this before I've had several guests before you but you are going to be the first one where I start doing this every time I have a guest. You've heard on podcasts, they have these questions at the end of the show. So I came up with three and I'm going to ask them to every guest. You are the first. It is called Bless Me With Three. So the first one is, do you have a favorite podcast and or book that you would recommend your currently reading or recently heard? Oh my God, this is hard. I have so many. i I'm an audible girly. Like I I listen to like four books a month, but okay. Let me give you like three good books. Can I give three? Okay. So definitely Sarah Jakes Roberts books. However, the, the one that I love the most is called woman evolve, which is what her conferences are based on. That podcast all the time. Oh, she's my favorite person. So if you're asking me anything about where do you get your people, inspiration from us of it's SJR a hundred percent. Her book is woman evolve. And also her husband's book called balance is all about wellness and maintaining a relationship with God. He talks about spending time with God, how we refresh, how we refuel and, and balance being a high performer as well as being highly spiritual. So it's really, really good. It's called balance by Tere Roberts. And then the third book is kingdom woman. It's by pastor Tony Evans. So good. It goes into every major woman in the Bible and garners the lessons we need from them. Oh, so good. It's such a good. I did see that at Barnes and Nobles when I went recently. Oh, it's so good. Good It's always good to know when a book has actually been read by somebody that you can trust. Okay. Yes. Second one. Do you have a favorite scripture? I know I have a lot. Okay. I do. Second Corinthians nine and eight. Second Corinthians nine and eight. What is it? Okay. I'm going to hold on. Pull it up. Cause I don't want to get it wrong. And, and it has to be amplified. Like the amplified version is all I read. Oh, okay. I feel like I get the most out of it. So I'm going to read you the amplified version of it. This is my favorite verse behind Isaiah, Isaiah, the one in Isaiah that talks about, forget about the former things, but sorry. All right. I rank my verses. I'm ranking my verses at this point. Okay. Second Corinthians nine and eight says, and God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Dang. It's so good. Now see, Amplified, you're missing some stuff because Amplified mixed like the Hebrew version of the words in there and puts them in English. So all right. I need to get on it. It's such a good verse. I just it reminds me that, you know, if God leads um pure hearts. So it's like if you're pure in heart, you know, you'll never be wanting for wanting to do what's good on earth. And so that's literally what I'm doing right now or trying to do, aspiring to do. And so I just have to remember like he will supply 
whether that's through my words or through financial, (laughs) whatever, you know, he will supply. Oh my God. A hundred percent. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Last one. Someone that you know personally or not, who inspires you? Sarah Jakes Roberts. Oh my God. It's such an easy question. I know. A little too easy there. I'm obsessed with her and her dad, her whole, their whole family, really like Cora, Sarah, TD, all of them. But if you want to like someone I know, like, does that have to be someone I know? It can I love be. That. It can be. Um, that. Someone that inspires me. Yes. Oh, goodness. Is there, do you have, I mean, you have a whole community, so. I know. I mean, that's more like motivation to me, like helping my fellow women, especially people who look up to me, which is super humbling. Right. And so that keeps me in a line um, with what I need to do to become that support for them and also supply them what they need. Yeah. That's more of motivation, I would say. Well, if there's nobody that comes quickly to mind, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I love my mom dearly. Well, there you go. Inspiration. There you go. Perfect timing for Mother's Day. Oh my gosh, I am so glad that we got to do this, and it was a long time coming. I was yes, I was waiting. For it. Oh, and look forward to seeing Barb ghostwriting our blog. Featuring, I'm sorry, not ghostwriting. Featured blog post. Yeah, um, I need to get that information to you, but I can't wait. I can't wait either. I'm right. so excited. Okay, I'm going to point everyone in your direction in the show notes so they can find you and connect with you and just be a part of what you have going on. And you're giving so much to so many. So we're just blessed. Love you, girl. Thank you. I love you, dear. All right, we'll talk soon. Okay, thanks. Bye.